It's the 10 to 1 podcast with your host, Brad Omen, featuring Ben Conowitz and Nate Lauks. And here's the podcast. Look at you, you two little dream boats. We're back. Good to see you in person. Woo! Nate just got back from a little vacay. In the old Alabama. I went nowhere. I went to Houston. You guys are traveling. For a wedding that we can't afford. (laughs) Uh, So would you say that it was not a good time, so therefore you were a blues traveler? (laughs) Because he was singing the blues. Okay, moving on. More like matrimony. Whoa. (laughs) Cut all this out. They are avid listeners of the podcast. None of these jokes are making it in. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He edits them now. Oh, shoot. We don't get to leave our bad stuff in. (laughs) We just cut out all the, the stuff that is I Is that say. why the podcast has only been 20 minutes? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Okay, fair enough. Nate, Jake Gyllenhaal, Saturday Night Live. Yeah, so I, I did tell you guys I wasn't a big Jake Gyllenhaal fan. Uh, um, here's the thing. It's, it's not that I'm not big. I was ap- like just apathetic. I just didn't care. Um, agnostic, rather. He won me over. I like Jake Gyllenhaal now. Okay. 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 I mean, I don't love him like you guys do. You I, guys love him. I, I'm, a, I'm a Holonek. I'm a Jillian Holonek. I, oh. I love the guy. I think he's fantastic. Okay, I, I really like do like, I like him as an actor. I, I like him. No, I, I like me some 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 Jillian Hall. I'm a I'm a Jillian Holiak. I like him a lot. Yeah, I I thought he was really good in this episode. I I enjoyed. Uh, I mean, essentially, he sang throughout the whole episode. This was like a <laughs> Hamilton tryout for him. Yeah, lots of music. Like, yeah, there was so much music, um, and and it was good though. I, I didn't dislike it at all, but it was it was fun. Which, was, which episode is this? This is episode 17, um, and so this is what, episode 16 for us. Can you guys believe it? Episode? No, it's only episode 15 for us then. We, yeah. We didn't do we the first, the first two. two. No, no, no. Remember we- Oh, well, oh we, we did that oh, bonus sorry. episode. Yeah, that's you true. You guys yeah. listen to me. I'm I don't, Well, I don't listen to the podcast, so I'm not, <laughs> yeah. not a listener. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Remember, Brad did the interview with Penelope Spheris. Yep. Which I found out in David Spade's book that she ruined Black, <laughs> Black Sheep. So and she I'm, directed Black Sheep. Yeah, but she ruined it according to David Spade. Okay, so. fair enough. According, according, is, according to David Spade. Even though Black Sheep isn't anywhere near as good as Tommy Boy, I still it's enjoy still Black really Sheep. really good. Like, I still oh, laugh out loud the, watching the it. The scene where there's a bat and a blanket and he's just hitting him over the, yeah. you know, oh. Yeah, him falling, the physical comedy in it. I agree. I think it's just, I think it's hilarious stuff. Yeah, when he hits his head on the rotary end girder and he says, oh, uh, holy shnikes a lot. I mean, I loved it. Oh, Kill Whitey. Uh, like, that's pretty funny. Hey, so oh, do you buddy. guys, do you guys like Jake Gyllenhaal more after this episode or does your love stay the same? Or I, would you argue you really despise him? <laughs> <laughs> it is, we've taken a turn. Yeah. Uh, I will say uh, that's a... That, like, like we're gonna get out of order here, but the monologue uh, uh, a little bit. If if it, to be believed, if he was being honest, then I like him more because it's like it does seem like he maybe did take it himself a little too seriously. Because I think that's that, what, that I think he was very honest. You know, him to yeah. say and that. I, I think he was. But really we'll get being, to that, right? Uh, yeah. Let's get to that. Let's it did, start. It let's did start. Win me over. Let's okay, start the let's, show. Let's go with Justice Kentanji Brown Jackson confirmation written by Allison Gates, Josh Patton, Shooter Seidel. After watching our confirmation vote with President Biden, Supreme Court Justice Ketanji Brown Jackson receives advice from Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Thurgood Marshall. Harriet Tubman and Jackie Robinson. Uh, I thought this this was good. Um, like okay, I thought this would have been better as a pre-tape. Like I think they could have done some really fun stuff and maybe a little more 
um, camera stuff and just kind of done a little bit more with it. Or even a like a, like effects, you know, like yeah, like making them appear like well, like ghostly figures, almost something like that. But exactly. Because like, like conceptually, I like this. This is way better than yeah. them doing some, you know, the the pundit stuff on news networks, it was press conference. Too, right? It wasn't yeah. negative. Yeah, and like it's it's not quite as funny as I wish it, it would have been. I, I feel like they really could have done done more with the figures that they brought back and like talking about, you know. That uh, it felt like a little too obvious to me. The, some of the stuff they did. I will say, um, spinning on that exact same thing, uh, we prefer this right to yes. any other cold open that yep. they do. Absolutely. If they got to be political, start it off with thirty seconds of politics and then go into something yep. tangentially yeah. related to it. I will say one of the funniest the thing I laughed at the maybe the most of the entire episode was Punky Johnson's line where Katanji uh, Brown says that she's got the job for the rest of her life, and Harriet Tubman goes, well, I don't like that. Yep. <laughs> that like, sounds like a trap. Oh, yep. my God. I was crawling. I, yeah, God, that, that was, was a really great good. line. But yeah, um, I think, if anything, I think the best thing about this, actually, is just the... Um, kind of, it, it, there's something about it that felt you know fairly historical, and not just because of the moment itself being you know yep. a moment in history, but like having all those black cast members together doing something like this, mm. where it is something significant that has happened, uh, it, felt, it just felt like a cool thing for them to do. Yeah, I agree. I, I did love somebody posted on Twitter about this, but when Keenan comes on, he'll, if you go back and rewatch it, people don't know whether to clap or not um, because they don't know if he's Thurgood Marshall or, or Clarence, Clarence Thomas. Thomas. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I thought too. Yeah. I was I was like, wait, is it and Clarence Thomas? I'm, that's gonna be weird. And isn't the line something like it's clear it's it's uh, Thurgood Marshall? And he's like, of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great in joke right there. Yep, yep. Uh, so again, it was celebratory. Uh, you know, it it, it kind of. Met the moment historically. Yeah. I thought it was good. I also was like, I, oh, Punky Johnson, uh, who's in this episode more than once, and Melissa Villasenor is as well. Yep. Apparently, complaining on social media gets you into the show. Aristotle maybe has killed himself. We're not sure. <laughs> they got our letters. <laughs> they, they got our fan mail, and it was not good. All right, moving into the monologue written by Mike Desenzo, Jake Dor- Norwin. Um, I did do some some research on this. Uh, he had been on. Um, he mentioned it, I think, in 2007 was mm-hmm. the last one. He had actually done quite a few. Um, he cameoed on Weekend Update with uh, the Elton John episode in 2011. He was Jake Gyllenhaal. He played himself. And um, uh, Nicolas Cage was on there, mm-hmm. uh, played by um, Andy, Andy Samberg. Andy Samberg, thank you. Um, then he cameoed again on February 29th, 2020, for the John Mulaney episode in the airport, airport sushi sketch. Yep. Um, and then he cameoed in September 9th, uh, 29th, 2007 for the LeBron James episode in an SNL digital short called I Ran So Far. Um, so That's a great uh, digital short. If you guys, yep. For some reason, if you're young and you're listening to this and you've never it's, seen that. It's a great song. It's, it's a catchy <laughs> song, but also Fred Armisen as yep. um, Mahmoud Ahmadinejad is hilarious. Nailed that. I yeah. am so proud of you for nailing it's that. It's because of that song I know how to say his name. <laughs> so he, it, it's kind of interesting because I don't know of anybody that's almost cameoed as much as he has. Yeah. And he's only hosted one time before, so this is his second he, time hosting. So going back to where we started here, the reason being, if it was honest, and as Brad said, I think it was, where he just kind of was thinking he was a the, this is the way you were a serious actor. You're always a serious actor. Yeah. And so now he's maybe opening up a little bit. And he mentioned Nightcrawler as part of this. That wasn't that long ago. So it's not like in the you know the early 2010s yeah. he was yeah. being a serious actor. He's talking about 2017 through 2019 almost. Yeah. So it's good to see him doing that. I hope this means uh, 
he's getting ahead of any sort of uh, over the top reactions to probably ambulance because it's a crazy Michael Bay over the top movie. But also, I hope this means maybe he'd be down to make maybe like a Channing Tatum type role where he's trying to do more comedy. Yeah, and I would love to see Jake. Because I love those fl- films too. Yeah. Right? like hey Brad, as the pop culture prince of the show. Um, oh. Do you Jester. Jester. Yeah, Jester. <laughs> Do you think maybe this humble, this humility, this newfound humility by Jake Gyllenhaal stems from his relationship with Taylor Swift? <laughs> I'll, I'll take your answer be. offline. Thanks so much. I think anybody who has a 10-minute song written about them and the fact that they still have the scarf of their famous ex-girlfriend is going to humble anybody. So <laughs> You know, it, it, it requires a deep dive into your soul when that happens to you. On SNL, so I I was not surprised they didn't call any of that back. Obviously, but I I think that it would have been really weird if they if they mentioned it even in an Easter egg type of way. Um, so I'm kind of glad they just let him do his own thing. But it was we were all kind of yeah. thinking that maybe something. Yeah, I mean he's not going to win that battle anyway. No way. <laughs> no, I uh, he, he had some really good bits in there too. The uh, you know where he talks about losing weight for a, a role. Which role, role was that again? It was for Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. Yeah, for Nightcrawler. You know, you know the whole idea. I'm going to lose 35 pounds or whatever. And 46 pounds in an yeah. Oscar. 36 pounds in a Golden Globe. <laughs> Gain 10 pounds, and I don't care about awards. Like that's a great. Yeah, so who yeah, wrote that again? Who wrote this? Uh, Mike Desenzo and Jake Norwin. So th- that's very crafty it's a, writing. It's a great joke. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very. Good. Um, I also love the callback to just like how things probably haven't aged as well since he was, he hosted. It was the least problematic yeah. thing. Yeah, uh, and, and again, I, I like self-deprecation. So when he says acting is a really stupid job, it should be filled with joy. That resonated with me because again, you get to be an actor, dude. Not, not to say that acting is not tough, right? I mean, like there there are there are probably sixteen-hour film days, these kind of things. Um, and, and and I'm not saying that there's not tough days, but you get to be an actor, man. I mean, I'm sure he's doing fairly well in life, and he gets to live a life that I think sure. most people would want to live. Absolutely. So. Yeah. But then it also comes with, you know, the the spotlight and, you know, the the pressure and like the the, the criticism. I'd, I'd and like to try that though. Just to, like see if Yeah, I you'd can. like to wear that like a pair of pants and take it off and put it in the closet though. <laughs> Problem is once you turn that switch it's like a it's like a fucking fountain that will not turn off. You, Jake Gyllenhaal can't just stop being Jake Gyllenhaal. Even Josh Hartnett's still being stopped in the street today and being like, Oh, forty days and forty nights. I remember that movie. People are gonna bother him for the rest of his life and people don't realize that when they sign up to be a famous person, you know, try their crafted act that it's you can't turn that off and I, I do feel bad for him sometimes because it's not I mean what other job is out there that you know you can do it really well and the better you do it the more misery accompanies your normal life it just it's weird how come the paparazzi never follows Daniel Day Lewis probably because he's boring <laughs> He's like, I think he's a like a shoe cobbler when he's not. <laughs> well, because well, probably because all the time he's like when he's doing movies, he's method, so like no one recognizes him. They're like, who's that freaking weirdo over there? Shout about milkshake, guys. <laughs> he smells bad. Smells right. like a spoiled milkshake. First sketch. Uh, why'd you like it? Written by Mike Desenzo, Chloe Feynman, Jake Norbund. Again, they go to the monologue to that first sketch, so they had a good night. A game show host, played by Keenan Thompson, tries to find out why contestants, played by Jake Gyllenhaal, Chris Redd, Chloe Feynman, liked certain photographs on Instagram. I loved this sketch. I just thought it was hilarious. Um, I love Chris Redd in this sketch. Uh, his his delivery of pass, man. pass. <laughs> Every time it just got me. Keenan's back to his hosting duties. Thank you. It's always fun. So good. Um, uh, and 
I, have you guys ever done this before? Maybe I'm the only idiot that has done this. Liked uh, an Instagram photo <laughs> hoping you were going to have sex? <laughs> no. Even, even worse. Liked an Instagram photo and then quickly unliked it because I didn't mean to like it because I got fat fingers. Okay, can I say- and then, and then go, I hope they didn't get a notification. Can that I, I, I was going to say, can I get a, a, a clarification for, for the, the 40-year-old man sitting here? Like, if you like it and then unlike it, does anything, do they, would they ever know? I don't know. That's what my I whole mean, point. The, I, mean, I assume like they get an email. <laughs> yeah, I don't. <laughs> they just get an email. Ben Conowitz liked your post from 2017. I mean, if they're the kind of per- if they're the kind of person that, that does get those notifications like to their email or something, then they might have got an email that says so and so liked it, like in a group or something like that. But if you unlike it, then like it probably won't show up in like their feed of like activity that's happening. This has happened profile. to me before on Facebook too, where somebody said I get a notification that says so and so liked your post, and then I click on the email or whatever, and it says this post is no longer available. So yeah. I'm assuming that means they accidentally did it and undid it. I'm hoping that that's what all my ex girlfriends see. <laughs> so Just you- joking, Bailey. Just joking. what did you think of this, Brad? Uh, I thought it was okay. Um, I th- I think it was it, it's funnier conceptually the idea like the idea they're putting forth of like calling out like how people behave on instagram and what they do and all that kind of thing uh i liked the theme that carried over of everyone just liking photos because they want to have sex with somebody um but like there was something about like the the pacing that just felt like it was a little bit stilted to me like i I don't know if, if like if it was just like the jokes weren't coming like as rapid fire as i wanted them to or, or what it was but it was i thought it was pretty good but not great yep i agree i thought it was uh like I say this every week. It's the escalation problem. It's like it's the same joke over and over again. And I really wish they would have had like the second round would have been, uh, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal is gonna uh, like a post, and then the the person that who is you know has that Instagram account shows up in real life, and he's got to explain to them to their face why he liked that post because but, that's an escalation, and I think that would be more fun. Yeah, I, I can see that. I think I think they tried to play. Ego as that kind of role, yeah. you know, but um, I, I didn't hate it though. I mean, it was, it was, I, I liked that a lot actually. I didn't, um, I, I think I just I think, I think it, it suffered to, a little bit towards the end. I, I, I think, yeah, I think it needed to be cleaned up a little bit. I'll say that. <laughs> and then, like you said, there, there was a, a little bit of um, stunted performances in some of it, but I think it has a potential to actually be a recurring sketch. I think they could do something with this idea, um, with some other characters, you know, with like you said, maybe this time next episode bring in, you know, the person that you like. I do. I do feel like this is a continuation of those game shows that they've done in the past, though, as well. Like, you know, uh, what's my name? Like it's the, mm-hmm. I'm gonna make the contestants the awkward people because it's actually it's it's an it's a science experiment it's a psychological experiment rather than a game show yeah I I do like that aspect uh, of everything but I don't know that you know there's just not enough there this time I think. yeah all right moving on pre tape Dream Home Cousins written by Mikey Day and Streeter Seidel two cousins played by Jake Gyllenhaal and Mikey Day playing for a couple played by Hayden Gardner and James Austin Johnson's Dream Home gets derailed by James Austin Johnson's mother, played by Kate McKinnon. Um, James Austin Johnson's character Pat in this milk toast is the visual representation of myself on this podcast. Did you guys get that when you were watching? This? <laughs> I did. No, yeah. I, I definitely didn't know. Uh, so first things first, they nailed the production design of all those oh, HGT. It was yeah. perfect. Like I thought that was and Jake Gyllenhaal, Mikey Day. Yeah, so good in that. Perfect. Yeah. They're perfect. And so th- then talk about the production design of the graphics. That was a huge win for this sketch. Yeah, um, I, I personally, I, I really liked this sketch. I thought it was really well done um, because the 
the the um, Kate McKinnon stuff wasn't just uh, common patter stuff that they do. Like you know, I don't like I don't like her. Like whatever. She went above me on and yeah. was like. What she say? Like she stole your innocence or whatever yeah. it was about having sex before she marriage. Opened her legs and stole your innocence. Yeah, I was like, just, and then oh the, my and then god, the hit her. <laughs> yeah, hit her. and then he closes his fist. Are you kidding are you about it? That was it. Got me. I really enjoyed this sketch. James Austin Johnson is like so good in this sketch too. Just the way he just kind of, <laughs> and no one can see what I'm doing, but just like his general demeanor and like his like face, just looking just kind of aloof and just like uncomfortable, uh, but not gonna say anything. Yeah, but not Kyle Mooney. Awkward, uncomfortable. I know, but but obviously Kyle Mooney's you know at the twilight of his SNL career. How, how many? Who knows how many years he's gonna have left? But they do. They <laughs> thirteen, do, fourteen yeah. more, and that's it. <laughs> he's gonna do the Keenan role, but uh, th- they do need that. That character that can play that awkward kind of male role because they they use that character fairly often mm-hmm. and he he did really well in it. Yeah, I thought, yeah. I thought yeah. he he showed that kind of versatility. Too. And Heidi Gardner was the perfect choice for the the female lead in in this because she pulls that off perfectly. Where it's not she's definitely not overbearing. She's being the the straight man here, but it's and it's not uh, it's not the Mikey Day over the top of like are is everybody else seeing this? But it's very much like are you kidding me right now? And yeah. she's so serious about it. Yep. Her and Cecily Strong both do that very very well, and she crushed it. Like everybody was very well cast in yep. this uh, sketch. I gotta say, who wants a bathroom like that though, <laughs> with the windows all over? Like I don't even care if you're in the middle of nowhere. And like you like the view of like the forest around you or whatever. I don't want to sit in the middle of a bathroom that has just windows where everyone can see me sitting there taking a shit. No, it just feels weird. Like I, I like like I don't don't know who's out there. I saw that. I was like, oh, I would love that. It's up high, man. They can't see you. What do you mean? <laughs> and just because you can look out on the other side, there it's oh, reflective glass, Brad. You can't tell me they can't look in. Yeah, there's a there's no there's no way you can't see inside of a, a, a brightly lit bathroom with that many windows. Oh my god, window tinting technology is not and that good. <laughs> Brad be- or Ben, because you are who you are, you'd still use it, even if it's oh, like Oh, I would, I would put up signs. Like, I'd post my schedule. Sh- show at 6 p.m. <laughs> yeah. You'd probably walk up, walk up to the window and do stretches and like smush his peen up against the window. <laughs> Is this what you're here for? No, I'm pretty sure you're here to see Jake Gyllenhaal. Leave the man alone! <sighs> Taking that out. <laughs> All right, moving on. Cabaret Night, written by Allison Gates, Celeste Diem, a singing group, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, Cecily Strong, Kate McKinnon, Bo and Yang, performs a song for those who are not special. I hated this. I did. What? I did. I did not like it. I, I just really like this. It. I didn't get it. it. It seemed like the cast was doing something impressive. I'll say that. I thought the cast was doing something impressive. I mean, the, I just the, didn't the, ri- get it. the rhythm between like what they're saying and everything, like the yep, way yep. it's it's everything it's so should good. have been there. Tons of dialogue. The interaction singing, between the cast members moves along quickly. Yeah, I just didn't find it funny. What? I just didn't find it fu- like the missing ingredient for me in this sketch was humor. No, somebody, I mean somebody throw a pie. Nate <laughs> <Yeah>. Lux. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, give me a funny look or something. You know? Jake Gyllenhaal especially. He yeah, he well, it's okay. Also, Bailey and I are watching it together and uh, he flubs up one line and it's a pretty big flub but he, yeah. he recovers. Yeah. But I paused it right after that and I was like, man, I was in my head just saying, he's nailing this and not even fucking up. Whoa, okay. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, I, I've cursed him. But even with that, it was still so well yeah. done. It wasn't. And to Brad's point, the 
the idea that they were seamlessly jumping from cast member to cast member and yeah. keeping the the um, the melody going, it was really impressive. So why did what did you find funny about it? Like I, I get the impression I was impressed by it. I really was. I didn't find it funny though. What what did you find funny about? The, I mean, it's the a premise. It's, it's a mix of like the the characterization, um, the the back and forth between uh, the the rhythm and rhyming, but then every now and then breaking that rhyme. To go on an extended thing where that, that that's just like a ridiculous thing to say like that in sing song, and like just the list that they had of the things that are like yeah just like a small thing to celebrate like it just it just felt very like every man and just a really funny ce- way of like celebrating that uh, you know at a time when like you know terrible shits happening. <laughs> I liked that um, the like in that moment they've built this we always talk about universe building and if you're going to build that world you better stay in it and those characters believed that they were really badass at singing this song yeah. and they are really fully committed so the idea that these these lounge singer terrible lounge singer people are just celebrating the everyman it worked for me like I, did, I especially love that they were do you think that was part of it though that they were supposed to be terrible i didn't get that like i didn't get that didn't come across like oh look at this like terrible cabaret not, not necessarily terrible but hammy you know like yeah like they would be, you know, it, this is going to be your your Sunday day crew. Like it's definitely not the headliners, but they're also taking it seriously and doing their, a serviceable job of singing these songs. I I thought it was really funny. Especially, I, lo- I especially love the part Jake Gyllenhaal too. He's like when he's talking about it, like, when you go to work, but you you leave and then you go to the movies all day, and your wife asks you how was work, and you say good, and, and she, you never bring, <laughs> it, never up bring it up again. You didn't think that was funny? No, I didn't. I it's didn't. because you do that. Every and day. you won't you yeah, won't tell yeah. your your lovely and talented wife yeah. that, that you do that. No, I just it's like, a I, too close I to home. It. I wanted it to be funny, and and I will say this: credit to the writers, credit to the everyone that the cast did a great job. It was just missing the key component, and that's humor for me. Yeah. Nate said, "This humor. is the best thing I've ever seen, except it wasn't good." Yeah, exactly. I feel like you being on vacation like ruined this your joke, you, joke receptors. As soon as I saw your the joke, beginning, joke receptors, you, you probably heard a lot of like your kids saying stuff like, "Oh, farty McBoodle over here," and you're like, that, <laughs> "That's humor. That's humor." Um, <laughs> so I, as soon as I saw like the opening like picture of it, the the I thought it was gonna be another Angelo sketch. Um, oh, I did too. Even the intro, even the <laughs> yeah. intro, I thought it was gonna be Angelo as well yeah so um, that's it, is that why you were disappointed then yeah that's exactly okay, right. um, um spring flowers <laughs> written by allison gates colin jost <laughs> and some, so weird you know we're gonna have some thoughts on this one a garden of flowers uh jake jenahaw cecily strong chris red sarah sherman excited for spring get some unexpected surprises ben what is a golden shower like uh well, first of all it's warm it is warm <laughs> Uh, so I am declaring the uh, ten to one is dead. Oh, uh, oh well, there goes the podcast. I guess. Hey, hey, <laughs> the, the, time out, real quick. What really drove me nuts? The thing I, I told these guys off air that I read the David Spade book. He calls it the five to one. It drives me crazy. Oh. <laughs> Every time, Oof. five to one. Well, maybe it's changed since he was on. Maybe it, it used been. to be five to it one. Been. And then it's um, well, yeah. Now all the sketches are ten minutes long. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I do that. That'd be a good in, uh, kind of investigation. Is were there more sketches before than there are now? Probably stupid right. show. Uh, no, uh, so I do think that in the older days of SNL, they used to have like shorter, like yeah. like like two minute, like little interludes every, every now and then. Every sketch now is like five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, so the ten to one is dead. 
uh, as far as this the SNL is concerned anymore. The, the meatball sketch was a ten to one. This is a ten to one. They're yeah. all ten to ones now, it, and so it's it's good. I like the weirdness of the show. It's it's really coming into its own, and I think these writers we talked about it before. The writers are really coming into their own. The the actors, uh, cast members are coming into their own. We're seeing the the evolution of SNL, and it's becoming a little weird, and that's okay. Except it, you just got to be ready for what's going to hit you. It's absurdist humor. It right? really is absolutely. And Sarah Sherman is at the forefront. She's of an this. absurdist. Com- She's yeah. incredible at, at what she does. Um, some of it hits, some of it misses. Uh, most of this hit for me. I didn't love it, love it over the top, over the moon. But I'm sorry, you can't tell me with Bone Yang's sincerity as this whatever humping bee that he was. Oh my god, it was so funny. It just, was so funny. Just doing what bees do, buddy. It was so funny. And his like his motions and the way like he was saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny. I don't care. It's funny. I, I thought Chris. Chris Red also brought this sketch to life. I mean, I just I, I, when's again. it gonna be my turn? <laughs> so I was good with that for two. They just they did a little too much. No, though. I loved no, it every time. I, I, really? I loved it every <laughs> time. I really did. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, I saw it coming, and I still loved it. Yeah. Yep. And then Keenan Thompson as the gardener too was he, that that also delivered. Yeah, he's great. Buster, get out of there, <laughs> man. Jake Flowerhall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's so stupid. It's so weird. It's so, it's so weird. Uh, um, yeah. What do you think, Brad? You I, like no, it? I really liked this a lot. I loved it. It was just so weird and goofy and just yeah, d- hilarious. Kyle um, Mooney is the weed. I mean, just creeping unlike, up on it. Let me choke you. Let me choke you a little bit. Why is it gonna be my turn? Unlike the cabaret sketch, this had humor, and so I really enjoyed it. <laughs> See, for me, it was just two good sketches in a row. <laughs> Moving on. Pre-tape. Chucky written by Dan Bullet. Sarah Sherman. Um, a group of co-workers get caught gossiping about their colleague Janet, played by A.D. Bryant, who has an important but small role in this. <laughs> I, she still made me laugh, A.D. Bryant did, um, by Chucky, played by Sarah Sherman. I'd love to see Sarah Sherman, because she wrote this as well, do some more revisioning of classic film characters. Not not in the way that you know they do like... Uh, you know, forties and fifties movies, but like Lawrence in, or uh, Reese to what? Yeah, more more like some of the ones that you know in the eighties, nineties kind of thing. Because I, I thought it was, I thought it was really funny. I thought it was good. I thought I, it was creative. I didn't think it was that great. No. Um, I, I thought that seeing Sarah Sherman as Chucky for, uh, uh, was funny a little bit, uh-huh. uh, just because of the weird face and voice she puts on, especially when they kept kind of actually going, meh, <laughs> like that That I thought was funny. But otherwise, I don't know, it just didn't really work that well for me. Um, I liked the bit when they got into the conference room, um, with the, especially just the, the Janet part was really funny. But like, yeah, I don't know, it, it just didn't just, feel like it, like it had a, a strong enough premise to like really be funny to me. Most of the comedy relied on just the weirdness of seeing Sarah Sherman as Chucky. And I was just like, okay, that's fine. But I just thought Chucky going to an HR meeting made me laugh for some reason. So much like the uh, Gerard Car- Carmichael and Andrew Dismuse throwing a dead body over the railing, right? This sketch would have been fantastic if Chucky comes out of the urinal or the, the, the stall and then looks over and it's like, oh, sorry, Chucky, and cut. It would have been perfect because they weren't talking about Janet at all. They were talking about it. That's a really funny thing. Then to try to extend that bit to keep it going, wow, you got to be really, really funny. And it, it wasn't as funny as it yeah. should have been. So I think that it suffers from the fact that once you give up the goat as far as like this is the funny thing, now you're living with the funny thing for another three or four minutes. And, and that's also hard. the end was awful. What was the end? There's yep. an explosion, and yep. Chucky just falls out yep. of the window yeah. of the building. And then the head comes at you. Yeah. you know, no, agreed. Yeah. Uh, that, I, I agree. This sketch could have been ended earlier. I, I still think there was humor to be there found. There were things in there the HR meeting. There was humor to be sure. found in the HR meeting, but they could have ended that a lot sooner, I think. Um, I think it was a four-and-a-half-minute sketch, right? Again, yeah. 
some of these sketches probably can be found at a golden place of like mm-hmm. three to three and a half minutes. Yeah. I did yeah. like uh, that when they did one of the bumpers that they showed the people in the green screen suits moving yep. the Chucky body, and and so you were able to see how they did that visual effects wise. Yep. Yeah, I, I like it when they, when they pull back the curtain a little bit and you get to see yeah. that stuff, and that happens later on in the episode. We'll talk about yeah. too. All right, weekend update. Uh, weekend update. Host Colin Jost, Michael Che. Covered the biggest stories of the week. You what know, did you guys think? Just no banter wait, this week between the two. Wait, wait, wait. No, we got to get Brad's take because Brad is usually the hardest to please. He often does not find Colin Jost or Michael J. funny. He does not like them. <laughs> green. He doesn't like, like green eggs in the hair. <laughs> Mike, Bradford, what did you think? Did, it, did you at least chuckle this week? Yes. <laughs> did, did, you, did you like it? Uh, yeah, not. I think it was not as strong as last week. Agreed. Um, yeah. uh, and like the, it didn't have like that the level of engagement I'd like to see between them as far as like them like busting each other's chops and that kind of thing. There was, and even the joke that like that Jost makes at Che's expense, I was like that like that didn't seem all that great. And Che seemed to like like it'd be like no, what that was a weird one, <laughs> whatever. So wait a minute, you said that their their interplay wasn't a lot. This it was enormous. They were no, but calling not, each other all. All out all the time. Not the way that I like to see. <laughs> this is insane. I will never understand. If, if, I really am if Colin now. Jost, if Colin Jost's head is not on Michael Che's shoulder by the end of the the week, I don't the, understand. And they're not cuddling, then he does. Colin uh, Michael Che directly references one of Colin Jost's jokes, saying that's not a good joke, and then he does the Lucky Charms thing, and then Colin Jost is visibly upset with the audience. It's a, it's a tremendous back and forth. They're like, ah, it's not as much as I like that's, to see. That's that's one little bit. <laughs> no, they also doing? had the award hosting thing where Michael Che is like, I liked it. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, that was good. <laughs> oh, you're fro- so, you're so frustrating. Is, what is the minimum amount of interactions they have to have? Do they have to turn and face each other and talk? <laughs> no, I just I like when their jokes a like make each other laugh. I like when they like actually have like so you're conver- all, all conversation. You, want, you just want everything to be a joke swap. You just want every episode no, to be a joke swap because that's no. the number one no, thing. I, that- I I think I think Brad, I, I get a little bit of what you're saying. Like that sometimes there's a. You could tell there's a story behind the story behind their joke a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, like they, they, they knew, you know, they I knew like, it wasn't for, funny. They have for me. I, I love like like the the way like uh, Amy Poehler and Tina Fey used to sure. do it, and that's like and that and I think that they can do they do that. They just don't do it as often. And I really, but I I, I really maybe like when they that do in the, that. Maybe leave that in the past and let new people be who they are, though. And yeah, uh, I want everyone to be the same. <laughs> Uh, did you like Weekend Update, Ben? It was ben? tragically delicious. I loved it. You always loved it. I love it. Tragically suspicious. I know, yeah. but this one was tragically delicious. So it was bad, but so bad it was good? <laughs> no, they were talking about the bad things in a good way. I don't, I don't know. We got to get a new on. host. Yeah, I don't know. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I really I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. I thought the, the jokes were very funny. I thought that the, the interplay between Michael Che and Colin Jost was fine and well deserved and lovely. Yeah. The audience really responded well to it. Uh, Nate, what did you think? Uh, I thought it was fine. I, I mean, it, it wasn't the best weekend update, I didn't think, but there were some good jokes. I, I, I thought their See, interplay I, was fine. I, you know. I like it when they don't have anything that, like, the slap was everything. It was 90% of their jokes last week. I like it when they have nothing nationally that is enormous that they must talk about because then you get like you get the a, Tom Brady joke. You get the yeah, Florida yeah. Uh, sure. uh, attorney joke. Like, yeah. I want more of those. Anytime also they do something where 
they take a funny picture of <laughs> that. They can do that Mitch for McConnell the rest of their lives. Then, if they Mitch want. McConnell's yeah. seen watching the In Memoriam yeah. segment at the Grammys. That that's just my favorite thing. Or a tall I, tall neck joke guy, like you know, <laughs> yeah. like uh, who's had enough with your tall neck joke? Like do that every time now. Yep. I don't care. It's yep. because it's new and fresh, and I love it. Yeah. Um. So they had one bit in here. Um. Trend forecasters. And here here's why I thought that um the why'd you like it could come back and maybe do better next time and and fix some of the things. I, I haven't always loved the trend forecasters that they did. Um, they only Bo, done it once, Bo haven't they? I think they did it twice, but maybe just once. I think they've only done it once. Okay, yeah, I so I didn't I didn't love it the first time. I, yeah, th- I liked here. it. I, I didn't love it. I thought it was better this time, and I think they found a gro- a better groove on it. Uh, I like the interplay between A.D. Bryant and Michael Che. I thought that was funny. Um I just I thought it was I thought it was better you know keep it down Mike anytime you call Michael Che Mike <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, what'd you think Brad I think it's finding its voice I thought that bit is finding its voice it's still okay to me um, I did I did like the recurring the go to sleep bitch go you to know, bed bitch go to bed bitch yeah that was that was funny um, but yeah I don't know it's just like to me it's just not uh, like I, I said this last time too when we talked about this it just feels like it's an echo of the weird art people that Maya Rudolph and Fred Armisen used to play so I just I'm, I'm fine with it I, I just with that though i liked well you're wrong i liked it uh <laughs> i think that this got better the second time as well but i think the reason it got better is because it was more polished yep they, they, and they felt more comfortable exactly playing, right? they they didn't have to like step on each other as they were trying to say the same word everything kind of clicked and they said exactly the same thing at the same time which that's the goal of those two people in that sketch is they're trying to be these trend forecasters that are spot on with their things no matter how silly they are and uh Bo and Yang's uh, aspect of things, it reminded me a little bit of Stefan when Stefan would do the nightclub thing and then he would say, you know, he's like, New York's hottest club is Kevin mm-hmm. or whatever. And Bo and Yang this time was got got to sneak in a, uh, would you like more Parmesan? Yeah. That really struck a chord and was very funny. And I like when they break character a little bit like that and, and do a different voice. So the polished part of it made it better. It's still not my favorite thing that the people have done on Weekend Update. I would love to see three to four other Weekend Update characters, but you're right. This second version, the second iteration, was much better than the first, and I could watch that again. Yeah, and if they if they do it again and they make similar improvements to it and they figure themselves out a little bit more. And you're right, Eddie Bryant screwing around with Michael Che is always going to be funny, and yeah. she's trying to make him break a little bit, and he was great this time. He didn't do anything. She tried to give him a wet willy. Like yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I, I liked it. Um, we liked it. Brad's Brad's wrong Brad's again. Wrong. Um, it's okay. You're wrong. It's okay. It, no, it's okay for you to Go be wrong. Go to bed, bitch. A beer. It's huh? an okay sketch. Oh wow. Did you guys ever watch Tombstone growing up? And did you love? Oh uh, yes. I did. did you think of me when you saw this, Brad? No. Are you a Tombstone fan? Yeah. Okay. I'll like, beer. Huge, no. huge Tombstone fan. No. I was so, so excited when there was. Yeah. Tombstone written by Rose Bud Baker, Michael Che, Martin Hurley, John Higgins, Colin Jost, and Ben Marshall. Um, Lights, camera, a chew presents a 1992 film about a cowboy played by Jake Gyllenhaal that tries to keep his illness a secret. I remember watching Tombstone as a kid and going. What is wrong with him? He's so sick. <laughs> yeah. Like, because not knowing, you know, yeah. about what is it, ter- tuberculosis or something? Yeah, tuberculosis. Um, and I didn't know how that, you know, and I'm like, what is wrong with him? Uh, but Val Kilmer's such a good actor. Yeah, he was, was incredible. Um, so you love the film so much, Brad. You love the original. That's Ben. Ben, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you love the film so much, Ben. Um, what did you think of this? Well, 
I, I didn't love this. By no, the way. no, it's it's fine. It's fine if you didn't. I, I had a lot of respect for uh, the set design and and the character. They brought this. It was the same character names and everything. So I like the, the they tried to keep it a little bit real. The cowboys in the movie do wear red sashes around their waist. I mean, it's it's very accurate to the movie um, that they're clearly parroting. But uh, and honestly, uh, Mikey Day with the mustache looked a little bit like Kurt Russell. Like he kind of pulled off a little bit. Jake Gyllenhaal looked amazing. They made him look like such shit that he looked incredible as you know the Doc Holliday. And it's hard he to was, make a guy that good looking. Yeah, like bad. so pale, so horrible. Clearly, Jake Gyllenhaal willing to do anything in this in this uh, episode because they're making him fart and do all these weird things, and of course, coughing blood, blah blah. That he was the highlight of the sketch by far. Uh, what they did with everything, whatever, it was fine. Like the, I get it. They're they're, they're going to make it a gross out sketch of the blood and the, that didn't work for me at all. But Jake Gyllenhaal was hilarious to me as as that. Where where did the blood come from, by the way? Because it was Ky- off screen. Kyle Mooney was so bloody after that, and you could just tell his face was so funny because he's. You could tell he was trying not to laugh. They must have had that. like the blood cannon behind had, the bar. Yeah, it, it must have been a little far away because it got all over him as well. So. <laughs> That's actually why I liked that stuff because <laughs> yeah. it was so outlandish that that like that yeah. actually really worked for me. Um, but yeah, it's the honestly the weirdest thing for me. This was the 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 bookends of the sketch, the lights, camera, chew thing. Didn't need felt, to happen. Yeah, it felt really unnecessary yeah. and just yeah. weird. Um, so I would have preferred them just to play the sketch straight. As, and, and guess what? It would have cut off about I don't know forty seconds. Yeah, which would have been fine. I to guess. Cut off. I guess maybe though, like for people who haven't seen Tombstone, it's a, it's an old enough movie that maybe you have to like to remind people a little bit. I uh, sure. Um, but it's, it's thirty years old, so. That's fair. A lot of people watching us on all these days would not have seen that. Yeah, but Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah, so so funny. <laughs> he was great as Doc yeah. Holliday. Yeah, and and you're right. I thought he was the best part about it. I I didn't know if it had a crescendo to it though. No, um, it, it, if if I'm the one that always brings up exaggeration, like this was the same kind of joke over and over again. Yeah. It didn't get it. Any... I also wonder if they missed. And that's okay. It's still funny, but it, that that's yeah. the missing kind of. I wondered if they missed a a physical gag because uh, when they mention him like uh, pouring sweat. Or something like that. I wondered if there was supposed to be something that like More dripped, sweat, yeah, yeah. Oh, but nothing yeah. happened because like they stayed focused on him, like something was supposed to. And I was like, I think that they have something that's not working. Maybe it didn't. Maybe the pump didn't work. Yeah, yeah. 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 It, it was again for those that love the movie, for those familiar with God, the movie, it, it was, was spot on. Yeah, I mean, it really was. So I respected it. All right, moving on. Couples counselor written by Rosebud Baker. Oh, real, real quick, go back. Uh, Keenan Thompson also, again. This is the episode of Keaton Thompson just being in sketches to make them better. Mm-hmm. He crushed that role this time around. Sorry, moving on. All right, moving on. Couples Counselor, written by Rosebud Baker, Alex English, Jake Norwin, Ben Silva. A couple's um, visit to a counselor played by Punky Johnson. Welcome back to the show, Punky Johnson. Takes a turn when an unexpected visitor played by Ego Noode interrupts the session. Um, that's a Punky and Melissa Villasenor sighting. It's a twofer. For all of us to enjoy... Um, I, I I liked it. It was okay. Like it was fine. I liked it. Um, yeah, I liked it. Uh, uh, there was some funny Punky Bruce, punk, Punky Brewster. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> but there was some funny Punky Johnson stuff that I thought was was good. Um, you know, I, I I didn't. The premise wasn't that funny to me. You know, like the it was a pretty simple premise yep, actually. Yep. Like we like we've seen the like the turn of having like a black female character like that talking politely and then all of a sudden getting real sassy and like, yeah. angry about something. But again, 
Punky Johnson, it was fun to see her deliver some lines that were funny. Yeah. You know, um, oh Lord, hit the floor kind of thing. That was that that got me. Um, the don't do the don't voice. Do the voice part. Yeah, yeah, don't yeah, do the really, voice. And then do that the was, voice. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty good. But but again, so I thought it was okay. It was good to see Punky Johnson get a, a sketch and do some stuff. So. Yeah. I, I I appreciated it. Uh, it was a little short, which is fine. Don't, don't you even complain about school. No, no, no. Sure. I was saying it was, that, that's why that was one of the the benefits of it. They didn't drag it out and do like a third act basically with it. So I, I like that a lot. <laughs> a sequel within. I'm this joking. Like, oh, now here's Ego Nordum's ex boyfriend that's coming to play, and he tells him don't do the voice. Cool. Uh, what did you think? Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those where like we liked it, but we can't say anything really good about it other than like yeah, it was fine. No, I really and, liked yeah. it. And honestly, honestly, I think most of this episode is full of sketches where it's like I yeah, agree. yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's fine. It's pretty that's good. Exactly what yeah. I thought. It, it was a, it was a fine episode. It was yeah. good. Like it was it wasn't bad at all. Um, some really strong performances in it. But for me, in this whole episode, we we can finalize it here in a little while after we talk about it. There was no sketches that I'm going to remember for the whole season, probably in this season or in this uh, yeah. episode. Um, some good sketches. There were some I thought some better than others. But there was nothing that was completely memorable here. So, all right, let's move to the next one. Truck Stop CD, written by Dan Bulla, Andrew Dismukes, Claire O'Kane, uh, with an assist from Will Steven, a truck driver played by Edie Bryant, shows off a collection of hits by her favorite truck driving singer, Johnny Goblin, played by Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal sung a ton. He used his theater experience in this episode of SNL. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, as someone that just got back from Alabama... I saw the not this exact CD, but I did see CDs like this in the Love's Truck Stops that I stopped at. So, oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. This is a, that the Truck Stop set was probably the most accurate thing. Yeah. I mean, it was more accurate than the Tombstone set. I even noticed that they went so far as to on the door it has the We Card Under yeah. 18 yeah. sticker. It's yeah. like wow, that is yeah. like attention to detail. You expect them to have the trucker bumper stickers that are right. directly in frame, but like the the nuances guys, to the set did design. You guys Pause and look at the trucker. Oh, absolutely, oh, yeah. they're fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it was it was good. Uh, I don't know. It's just, it's I did like when they went with the ghost. Yeah, I thought that that was really clever. This, um, this seemed like a Will Forte sketch. It did it? Uh, uh, the uh, spaceships and and yeah. uh, whiskey jars and babies, ba whatever it was. Yeah. That it really did feel like that. And um, yeah, but I was still okay with it because I did like Andrew Dismukes and Cecily Strong joining in, and that was it was it was good enough. Probably still a little along again. Yeah. You know what? I also do think that they could have done with this, which they haven't done it for a long time, is um, it was an infomercial for a CD, but they didn't treat it like that. Yeah. So it was just a live infomercial somehow. Yeah. I liked it when they did the yellow, uh, the, the white lettering come down and then the yellow yep. lettering would be the song yeah yep. and i really wish they would have done that with it because yep. then you get to read the funny title of the song and maybe go along with it and and maybe the, the songs are a lot shorter and you yeah. get more of them i think that's maybe what gonna, i would have you done. can add a lot of more comedy in exactly there too, you get a lot more yeah. jokes yeah because you didn't really get much from like the having two characters there hearing her pitch like the like the one part that was mildly amusing was them like sneaking by her yeah. like okay. can we leave <laughs> and that's that's fine but again if you're gonna do what Amounts to an infomercial. Are just, they all just about urinating? Drinking piss. Yeah. yeah. Just, just do the infomercial. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So. That. <laughs> That's my constructive criticism, SNL. <laughs> uh, I, I noticed you haven't gotten back to my writing packet, but. <laughs> Brad, did you like it or no? 
Yeah, it, again, it was pretty good. You know, like yeah. it's. Uh, I, <laughs> You're right, though. It this is. is this really it really is just a collection of yeah. This was pretty good, but like not you know amazing. I I enjoyed it for for the most part. Uh, not anything to write home about, but yeah, it's you know I I chuckled. And that was the ten to one or the five to one according to David Spade's uh, uh, sketch. Moving on for the cut for time. Those are the sketches you can find on the SNL YouTube page. If you are not watching them, you should because some of the best sketches of the week, I think, are actually the cut for time ones. Um, and I disagree with the uh, Laura Michaels and the producers that actually sometimes pick the sketches that go in the episode. Um, and, and for whatever reason, they might have too many pre-tapes. They might have whatever that they, they cut them. Has Lauren um, Michaels written you back? You've written multiple emails. So many times. <laughs> Showed up at his office once. Police got called. All right. Uh, cover time. Dinner with the Dean written by Allison Gates. Ken Sublet. Celestium. In this cover time sketch, a couple's uh, dinner with the Dean, played by Jake Gyllenhaal and his wife, Cecily Strong, takes an uncomfortable term. I, I don't... I, I, I didn't really get this one that much. Um, I loved the characterizations by Cecily Strong and Jake Gyllenhaal as this yeah. wife and uh, you know husband who were just over the top arguing and like yelling at each other and just a big dramatic scene. But the the premise of like his art like didn't feel like it was as funny as it should have been. Like this felt like uh, like an all that sketch, yeah, uh, or like like an all that sketch mixed with an SNL sketch, like the. The dog paintings were like I was like that's weird, but like it doesn't feel like it's good enough for like this reveal, you yeah, know. I, I kind of felt it needed John Mulaney in the sketch because he would have done something a little bit sillier. I think it needed a little more silly to it. Yeah, um, I did. I did like though the like, but why does this stop you from yeah, having no. kids? It's like stop asking. <laughs> no, I, I thought that. The again the characterization of the two that is a really fun back and forth where they're getting more and more over the top with it and Jake Gyllenhaal's uh, the voice he chose for that and and yeah. so it's it's almost like a 1940s radio play yeah. is kind of yeah, what yeah. they were going for and uh, th this is why we never had children like a southern gentleman type <laughs> yeah. thing too so it was it was good in that aspect but you're right the reveal was weird I really wish they would have stuck to just them using the dialogue to be the thing that was more and more over the top yeah and the other two chiming in with wait what was that like that. That's the funny part yeah. to me. And I did, I, but I, I, I did like the... Um, uh, <laughs> the dog in the painting? No, no, but, it, but when, when it was like, is that one just a photo? It was like, yeah, and it's not finished. Uh, yeah, like like yeah. that kind of Photos thing. Photos are still art. Yeah, and then I also, like, honestly, Dismukes had some of the best ones. He was like, he's like, what would you have done to finish that one? <laughs> yeah, that those were good. Uh, but yeah, overall, I mean, I can see why they cut it, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, it seemed like it still needed some workshopping. Like there, I, I felt like, like you said... There was great interplay between the cast. Yeah. Like all of them, I think had good roles there. Um, they had their parts to play. There was just missing something to it yeah. that really I thought made it a good sketch. Um, so uh, the next one was pre-taped by uh, Kyle Mooney, uh, written by Kyle Mooney and Will Steven called "Serious Night Live." In this cover time sketch, Jake Joan Hall and Michael Che uncover some of Kyle Mooney's problems in a new dramatic non-comedy series. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're already laughing, I know, so I'm guessing you really liked it. I, I did. Uh, a dramatic. Uh, I love that Kyle Mooney calls it a dramatic non-comedy series, which is just what what is dramatic? It's not comedy um, for SNL. I, um, Kyle Mooney again, kind of like uh, I mean, just there's some cast members that just make me laugh. Kyle Mooney can look into the camera and I'd laugh because he just has it for me. Um, and uh, his he, he kind of had this sketch around Christmas where. Uh, he was going around talking to people about what they're doing for, you know, the holidays kind of things, or maybe it was Thanksgiving. Um, and it was really pathetic and really, you know, and 
I kind of love the pathetic Kyle Mooney. It's yeah. just so fun for me to watch, and he does it so well. Um, I also like the behind the scenes on this. If you've watched a lot of director, I mean, Brad probably has watched way more than I have, but you know sometimes they take themselves very seriously in these things. So the idea of Kyle Mooney taking himself seriously with this really poor, developed, serious sketch yeah. was funny to me. So. Yeah, I didn't like the the opening so much. I thought that the behind the scenes stuff was was funnier just because of how it, like expertly it did parody behind the scenes featurettes. Um, I yeah, so like I I thought it was like pretty good. Not Kyle Mooney's best. I I honestly this was one that I wish that he would have had Beck Bennett around for because I feel like mm. Beck could have really yep. like added something more. I can to see it. that. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but like I did like the the exchange between him and and Mikey Day with Mikey reading for himself yep. and it's like oh that that was a choice. Um, <laughs> yes. All right, well yeah, we'll, we'll let you know. Yeah, we'll let you know. Also, I like how he he um it it, it escalated for how much money he was into it. Yep. It's like this cost me eighty five thousand dollars of my own money, and then it became like if th- if this doesn't go well, I'm over it, and maybe my life. Like he just went all the way. I'm like, is he gonna threaten to kill? Himself? He's gonna threaten to kill himself. Okay, here we go. I yeah, I thought it was fine. I thought it was good, uh, not amazing, but. I don't know how they would have done just the behind the scenes stuff without doing the first part, but I, I agree. Like, I yeah, didn't really had, love they, the they, first yeah, part. Yeah, they had to set it up. I know, but, but, it was yeah. like, but there could have been some other editing choices probably to maybe put some of that stuff in there and, yeah. and got to the funny stuff a little bit quicker. Because yeah. you don't know, like you said, that first 30, 45 seconds, whatever that first you know serious part is, you don't know what they're setting up at right. all. Right. And so I can see... Show your cards a little earlier, a little bit, um, so we know that this is what you're doing. Um, because again, it, it I'll fun. watch Kyle Mooney slam his hand on a desk any day of the week, though. That <laughs> fake oh, outrage, so good. Yeah. bad acting is always. I love him. Um, so again, I, I would say one the best sketch, but I, I do think it could have made it into the show, and I wouldn't have been upset at it. I think yeah, it was, it was good enough. Sure, absolutely. Um, all right, guys, let's move on. Uh, favorite, uh, we'll do. First, we'll do favorite sketch of the night. What do you guys think? I think for me, it's Spring Flowers. Benny. Ben's nodding right now. I'm thinking. I, I forgot to pick I'm one. Thinking. What was, I'm what thinking. What was the one right after Spring Flowers? Uh, Cabaret Night. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Chucky. Oh, no, yeah. Cabaret Night was before you, your, your options are, uh, you've got the cold opening, Why'd You Like It, um, Dream Home Cousins, Cabaret Night. Dream Home Cousins. That was my favorite. Yep. Yeah, Dream, Dream Home, Home Cousins, Cousins. sorry. Thank yeah. you. Uh, I, I, again, uh, I think I think Spring Flowers could have very easily been it as well because there was some really good comedy there. And because it was the best guy. Um, well, <laughs> the thing about the, the Dream Home Cousins is there was so much extra work put into that one, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just so, like you said, it's spot on parodied what HGTV it was. It was a perfect are. parody. <laughs> yes. And if you're gonna if you're gonna set up a parody, and SNL is very good over the years of doing commercial parodies and regular TV show parodies, this was perfect. There yeah. wasn't a thing out of place on it. I I have no notes. It was awesome. All right. Cast member of the week, what'd you guys think? I'm gonna do something different. I'm gonna pick the uh, visual and uh, set designers oh, because nice. yep. the every sketch had something with it, it when it was yeah the spring him, flowers thing the was... spring flowers thing was incredible. The, they they pulled back on the truck. It was a full fucking yeah. truck. Yeah, actually. And so in the middle of I that don't sketch, even know where they were. In the middle of the sketch, I was wondering like how they how did. they. How they I'm so glad they pulled that back. Yeah, because like. Was, and I wonder if they bought like just a like that a that part yeah. Uh, yeah a real truck frame but they just didn't have the rest of it and they just built like they a set under it. Absolutely did because that it's a lot easier to get a real one yeah. than just and a fabric. So they broke it down 
and then brought it into the fucking studio and then set it back up. That's incredible. And then, of course, the HGTV stuff, that's, I mean, all the cats just in the yoga studio. Think about that. Just animating yeah, all that. Like computer design. It was yeah. just the, that, the, the crew. All done in a week. Rushed right? it. So the crew gets my MVP for what, the week. What I love about it. all this, too, is, you know, those decisions aren't made until like the first conversation Wednesday or Thursday, yeah, right? Wednesday, uh, according Lord. to Davis Spade, anyway, is Wednesdays. The first conversation you're going to have with costumes, with you know, yeah. Um, and 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 so you've got from Wednesday to Saturday to get all of that stuff. Incredible. Done. So yeah, they're they're. Another mind. thing I learned about the Davis Spade stuff is I didn't realize this is monologues usually written on Saturday. Did you guys realize? Hmm. Wow, well, day of. Yeah. Interesting. And it, do they do that? I'm guessing because if something big happens, then they can talk about it. Uh, I think partly that, and partly it's because it's probably the easiest thing for. Everybody oh, sure. Because they're all comedians. You and know? You, like, well, yeah, and also there's no set design, no no yeah. direction and, really. And I'm, I'm sure there's there's ideas. And <laughs> camera stuff one, around, but like camera you know. two. Well, you know what that, but that makes like any of the monologues where they do like big musical stuff and things like yeah. that all the more impressive. I, I wonder if that's is that if that's always the case. Yeah, I'm sure that's not always the case. I'm sure when there's you know because uh, again according to David Spade's book he talks about. Um, you know, sometimes cast members, Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks comes in with ideas himself, yeah. right? Um, some of them come in with no ideas. Um, some of them are Kim Kardashian. on, some of them are on shows. <laughs> oh, she had an idea. All right. Some Pete of, Davidson's big old peen. Oh yeah. <laughs> I can show you the world. Some of them have, uh, work on shows with writers that always wanted to be on SNL. So they literally will write them sketches to bring with them. Um, <laughs> And so, uh, you know, there's all those kind of things. They get um, back to set, like, John Hamm gets back to Mad Men, and they're like, did they, did they use, I didn't see on Saturday, did yeah. they use the one that I wrote you, John? No, Brian, I'm sorry they didn't. But it's interesting, right? I mean, it, it, how all that comes in, I have an even greater appreciation for how sure. the show is done. Cause Absolutely. To get it done, every, I mean, it is a pressure cooker. Absolutely. Having said um, that, that was a, that's a cheat. That doesn't count. You have to pick a cast member. What? That absolutely counts. Or the host. That no, that's my answer. They crushed it. It's not an answer. Sorry, you're off the podcast. Uh, I was gonna go with because uh, he was in. I think every sketch, maybe uh, he sang a ton. I was gonna go with the host. I thought he, uh, you know, he won me over. Boo, um, boo. Okay, Brad, who is yours? <laughs> I know oh, it was Punky Johnson because I saw it twice. Cool. <laughs> hey, I don't know who you're gonna pick. But I do know I'm going to hate it. Go ahead. You know what? I went with the writers of SNL because... <laughs> you know what? I went with Lorne Michaels. He created this show. Uh, also, and he was in it for the first time in a long time. Was he? His voice. I don't think in that the was couple times. I think it was because I I, 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 I... I went back over this and I'm like, Kyle I think somebody's impressive. Now, that is. that's funny, though, because if Kyle Mooney really couldn't get Lorne to do funny. it, that would be even funnier. Um, but no, I actually I went with Bowen Yang uh, because I thought Bowen Yang That's was a dumb. <laughs> well, you go, oh, the one and a half sketches he was in. <laughs> I thought he was hilarious as the bee in the spring flower sketch. Like that, it was it just I just cracked me up. And then also I thought he was particularly good uh, in the cabaret. Sketch. No, because there's no comedy in that sketch. <laughs> this fucking guy and, it's and, then, and, then, and stupid then, what, opinions. And then and then the, the, also the Wii update thing that you don't like. So good, good, yeah. good. I'm glad. No, that's awesome. Good for Bowen Yang and you. Bowen Yang is a funny gentleman. Sometimes he can do great things with just like small parts. So I'm sorry that you don't appreciate as, his, his contributions to the show. Title of your sex. Hey, hey, why don't you talk more about the, the set design, the production design again? It's your, the MVP of SNL. It was awesome. You oh, yeah. Like it? Oh, you got a lot of laughs from the set design. You thought it was bad? Got, got a lot of laughs from the sets being built. Yeah, real funny. 
funny stuff there, guys. It was incredible. Jeez. Uh, so, would you guys rank this as your favorite episode of the season? I would say that it's my favorite episode of the decade. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought it was an okay episode. Uh, I, I don't... I will say this. Uh, this episode featured uh, the least amount of terrible sketches Agreed. Yep. of the season. If, if I can remember correctly, I didn't hate any of them, and I really didn't. You didn't watch Cabaret. I didn't. I wasn't really disappointed by a lot of them either. I thought they were there. They were, you know, middling is a pretty pejorative term here. They, they were. They were right down the. Middle. It was either middling yep. or a little bit above yep. average, but yep. but not nothing really and like hit the bottom of the barrel. Here, C's get degrees, right? Now, honestly, so. I mean, for for SNL right now, they did fine this week. Yeah. And Jake Gyllenhaal clearly down for anything. Like, hey, I'm gonna be silly. Throw me anything. I'll sing. I'll dance. I'll run around. I'll do whatever. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, I thought he did great. I, he won me over. Um, I thought it was a good episode. Um, not great, but good. I thought it was, I thought it was a fine episode. It was adequate. This is a great podcast, guys. It's not our fault that sometimes the episodes just don't give you anything, you know, to like get excited about. No, right. no, you should be excited no matter what. Hey. We're, we're lucky enough to do this show. Which, You're right. Who, we're very lucky for which, the podcast that we made up ourselves. Which, yeah. <laughs> which one of you? Is excited about Lizzo. Oh, I cannot wait. Oh, that means you're not, huh, Brad? <laughs> <laughs> it, I, I'm just, I'm curious more than anything because I, like, I haven't, we haven't seen her do, you know, comedy stuff, you know? So, like, I'm interested to see what they do with her. Yeah, what what does she have going on right now that's getting... She's a big singer. <laughs> Don't talk about her weight. Uh, <laughs> that's just not nice. I'm so, allowed to. I'm a big fat fatter. Oh, so. that, that's true. You're, you're a big fat fatter. So, no, like, big fat fatterson, is that what you said? Did, did she have something coming out right now? I mean, obviously, like usually, there's I'm actually not sure. I don't know if she has a new album yeah, or, so or anything like I'm that. I'm sure she does. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna guess there's something with. Usually, oftentimes, there's TV or movies as well because I can see her getting into other things because she is really funny. She's got you know. She's um, damn talented. Yep. That's she's, what I'm saying. She's she also could, seems very charismatic. She could pivot to other exactly, and I really do feel like that's a recipe for success on SNL if you're not a comedian or an actor at least that you have to be personable and charismatic and she's proven that in interviews and other things I've seen so I'm really looking forward the to it. The one thing though cuz we we've seen like people like that that have a lot of charisma but they also like you said like Jake Gyllenhaal have to be willing to go with it though right, right. You, you have to be willing to say go with wherever this I think that is, I mean there's going to be a weird parallel but I think that like Lizzo can have the same success as like a Peyton Manning yep. where you're not an actor but he clearly in interviews and stuff is always very charismatic very smart person understands yep. things she's the same way I feel like she could crush it just like he did and take something in a very very different way than than what we're, we've known that person as yep. Lizzo's uh, new album comes out on April 14th wonderful. so just in time for a little SNL self promotion I love it does she have any TV or movie or anything coming up? Um, 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 we do our we do our research really well. Here. Um, <laughs> well, we're not on the Lizzo episode yet, so you know. I know, but I just she to know. Uh, she's doing a voice in uh, the Proud Family well, movie, clearly, louder why. and prouder. Cle- clearly, that's why. Yeah, um, or maybe it's a, maybe it's a series reboot. I don't know. I don't pay attention to Disney Channel stuff. Oh, because you're you're a Dollywood, do you think you're a Dollywood person, right? Well, you know, I forgot that Lizzo was in Hustlers. Will she play a flute? She loves flutes. I know. I was, I was, I, will she play one? She loves them. All okay, right. So way. anyway, excited. I think we're all very excited. Oh, hell yeah. It's going to be great. Week's episode, and I think it's going to be really good. Um, and then we're on a break, I think, right, for a little while? Seems like it, yeah. Probably until they do the last round of episodes. Yeah. yeah the, hopefully do three more. That the, gets us to 18. The, the what do they do? 21? 24. 21 to 22 a year. 
I believe. Okay. I, I'm holding a hope for Bill Hader. Are you? That's what I'm. I'm It'll thinking. be nice because Barry's coming back. Barry season three. What SNL cast members haven't been brought back that you'd like to? Because obviously, I was reading again, as I've mentioned a thousand times now, David Spade's book. I don't think he's ever been brought back. Um, and like, is there other former cast members that you'd really like to see brought back? I mean, you know, it's even somebody like a, a Tim Meadows who had a great career, but really is never going to be a big star outside of SNL. Right. But would you like any of these you know, smaller guys or not? I, Will I Forte was really yep. the guy that yep. I was like, man, how the hell have they not had him back? And yep. I was so happy, even if they didn't get. We didn't get everything we wanted out of that episode. I just, I loved seeing him back. Jenny Slate. Would you like to bring Jenny Slate back or something like that? I would love for them to bring Jenny Slate back. Oh, yeah, that would be incredible. And that's actually not out of the realm of possibility either because she's got uh, the Marcel the Shell with Sujan movie that's coming out this year, too. I have no idea what those words were you just said. You, do, you not, do you not know what Marcel the Shell no, with you, Sujan is? You kind of tripped over a little bit. Will you say what? Say it Marcel again. <laughs> that's what I mean. Uh, do you not know what Marcel the Shell with Sujan is? No, don't I know that. what that is. Don't do that. Don't Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy that's like, oh, you've not I heard it. Well, no, no, I no, no, I'm, I'm genuinely asking. I know I don't know that. You really? Stop that. So the, uh, she did this. She did a series of shorts on YouTube called Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. It's this stop motion animated thing where she voices this adorable little shell. That, she's a great voice actress. Yeah, yeah, that wears shoes, and it's just it's just a cute little thing. There was three of them. They went viral, and now there's a movie coming out that it's like it's shot in the style of like this this uh, mockumentary. Really? And, yeah, and it's uh, apparently it's very good. Uh, our, our Managing editor at Slash Film saw it at South by Southwest, and he said it's, it's very good. From what I've read, she doesn't have a ton of great memories in SNL, so I don't know that she'll come back on her own volition to do it. And that's Nor did Chris Rock, and he's been back. That's fair enough. Um, he, here's the thing. In the future, when you say, have you heard of it? <laughs> if Dwayne The Rock Johnson's not in it, I haven't heard of it. <laughs> I would like to see... Uh, Ellen Cleghorn. John Lovett's Oh, back. I have not... What, what is Ellen Cleghorn doing? I don't know. I thought about in the off season if we want to do some deep dives on some of these people. That'd be Rewatch fun. some of these sketches uh, from you know. I'd be watch ten different sketches. What's of their Charles past. Rocket up to? Yeah, I don't know. Anthony Michael Hall. Anthony Michael Hall's still doing stuff. Oh yeah, right? he's a I mean, huge yeah, actor. He's in Dexter, right? Yeah, he's fine. Um, <laughs> but there are some. You go back and you look at the cast and I'm like, oh man, and they they had a career and I forgot about mm-hmm. Sherry O'Terry. Um, you mm-hmm. know, uh, not really. I've not seen a lot of Sherry O'Terry. Mm-hmm. Wonderful cast member, though, right? Like, I mean, so the, on the on the pantheon of, of SNL greats, right? Molly Shannon is up there as one of the all stars of SNL top twenty five, and she is a working actress still today. But she doesn't have yep. you know her own sitcom on NBC or whatever. But she's a bit player in a lot of stuff. She's got some movies here and there. Um, but I you know I would love to watch her come back all these years later. Amy Poehler, I would love to watch come back. Tina Fey, like just I know they've the, yep. Tina especially has hosted before, but like give me my early to mid two thousands cast members yep. again yep. Yep. and the and the bit players that were there. Oh yeah, because that, that's you know. That would be fantastic. I would also love to see Andy Samberg host again, just just because if he can bring back like Timberlake and you know Jimmy Fallon to do some stuff, that that would be fantastic. What about Jim Brewer? <laughs> I almost did it. You guys don't want to see Jim Brewer host? Uh, give me a Jim Brewer, Rob Schneider do, fest. Yeah, a little, little goat boy action. With, uh, maybe goat boy meets uh, whatever that the, the character. The parrot. Is. That he's got the needle, fauci, fauci, No, no, no. Who was the character? That, what was the name of the character? The, the copies guy. Oh, oh uh, the uh, copy guy. Copy guy, right? right? <laughs> was just Make the copy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Have goat boy meet them. Or, you know, that'd be good. 
I would, you know, obviously, you know, one thing I will say is even though Jim Brewer sucks now, uh, when he was on SNL, I loved the Joe Pesci show sketches. I did too. Okay, uh, yeah, no, yeah. he he had some funny things um, in his <laughs> in his career. But... I've also laughed at a Louis C.K. joke before, Brad. What else? <laughs> Do you want to talk about other problematic people? Uh, yeah, Ben's got a Chris Delia pic- uh, <laughs> uh, poster up in his room. How about Luke Null? Okay, we're done now. All right, anyway. Oh, you know what? Uh, former cast member, I would like to see Punky Johnson. Uh, all right. Hey, That's just mean. Ah, but she was on twice. The- stop she can- it, stop it. Bradford, where can people find you online? Oh, you know, I'm just musing around the internet. <laughs> Playing the wordles and the wordles and the hurdles and the glavin <laughs> framed, uh, but no, I am on slashfilm.com, uh, writing about movie and TV news, talking about uh, movies and TV on uh, the Slash Room Daily podcast, yeah, pop culture, especially princess. new episodes of Moon Knight. We'll be covering Obi Wan Kenobi when that comes out. The latest Kardashians. We love Kardashians. <laughs> um, but yeah, at Ethan underscore Anderton on Twitter. Check that out and just uh, like this podcast. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell us what's good. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Uh, give us give us some ideas for you know uh, new podcasts. Because <laughs> uh, this one ain't working. <laughs> I uh, really want to hang out with these guys this summer, and I got no reason to do it. So uh, I didn't think it was gonna last this long. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, Benny. Where can people find you? Oh. You're somewhere online, right? Yeah, I'm all over the online. Nate, how about you? Yeah, I've, I've been on the social before Nate Lounks uh, you can find me uh, be one of my 12 or 13 followers that'd be great um, hey keep listening to the show as Brad said like us uh, subscribe share it if you will it helps us out grows our listenership because we really enjoy talking about Saturday Night Live and comedy with you and our friends online so hey keep listening we'll be back next week on the Lizzo episode be good to yourself be good to others bye bye <laughs>